Trinity Central. We exist to make God central to our lives and our world. You are listening to a recording of one of our Sunday messages. For more information, please go to trinitycentral.org. Thank you so much. Yeah, fine. Okay, thank you. It's been enormous fun for me to be here. Sorry, Wendy, the pretty half, wasn't here. But uh, it's been a joy. And uh, I, I guess for some of you, you may have seen me last week, and this may be the second time, but I've spent a lot of time with your elders. You are a greatly blessed church to have this company of leaders uh, who are so focused on God, so devoted to Him, so prayerful. It was a massive joy for me. I travel quite a bit and mix with churches. I don't think I've seen more zealous leaders, more united leaders, more fun leaders to be with. I do commend them to you. You're in a very safe place. Uh, being led by people who fear God, love Him, love His Word, love His presence, love one another. What a blessing. What a joy to be part of such a church. So I've greatly enjoyed my time here. can't believe it's uh, uh, virtually over but I'm thrilled to have been here. And I know my wife is very jealous of me uh, being here, but uh, what a blessing uh, to enjoy your fellowship. I'm going to speak once again this morning on the story of Moses. If you were here last Sunday, we spoke on Moses' call, uh, his reluctance, if you like. Send somebody else. And what a terrific response to God. Send somebody else. And uh, God still enlisted him, drew him out of all his fears, all his secret sin and released him into his purpose. And now we're moving on towards the end of the story of Moses. I wrote this book, uh, God's Treasured Possession. I've spent a lot of time with Moses uh, during the COVID uh, close down and uh, called it God's Treasured Possession because that's how God sees his people. His special affection for us, his commitment to us. It formed with these people. All these things happened to them, we're told in the Bible, as an example, and written down for our instruction. So it's actual solid history, it actually happened, but it's recorded to instruct us. Because we live in a season where people are thrown away the map, they're thrown away the compass, and they're blundering through life and making a horrible mess of it. And so God gives us instruction, how to live, how to experience his kindness. And uh, it's all happened to these kind of a miniature I went to uh, uh, the place once where the uh, Civil War was fought and saw a model of that great historic battle. And you could see it all, it turned lights on and it was one of those great battles of the war. And, uh, and then we went out and looked around. Wow, this is the whole area. In just a miniature, we looked at the miniature at first. These moved here, these moved here. Well, that's how it is with Israel. It's like a miniature of God's great global family. And he's teaching us the same things he taught them. So, here we're going to come to uh, Numbers and chapter 10, in which there comes a remarkable invitation. If you look at it, uh, in Numbers chapter 10, you'll find that it's the beginning of a new day. They came out as a rabble of slaves. Moses led out the slave people of Israel. They were two million of them, men, women and children, two million, but all they'd known was slavery. They're just beaten up people. And they're a rabble, they're complaining rabble. But you'll find that as they go on, they're more and more shaped up. By the time Moses hands them over to Joshua, Joshua can say to them, be silent. 
while we march around Jericho. And on the seventh day you shout. And they did. They were a disciplined army by that time. And they were an invincible army as they moved into the land. But they had to be shaped. You know, we're like that. We come in from all our different backgrounds and some of us have been in a real mess before we came in. We come from all sorts of mess up and bondage and terror. And then God shapes us into a people. And you'll find this is one of those chapters where they begin to be, be in shape. I love this story, just seeing all the different things God taught them on the journey. And this is one of the big chapters uh, in Numbers, uh, Numbers uh, chapter 10 where they, where they, they, they change from being uh, a rabble into an army, if you like. So I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole chapter, it'll take far too long. I'll just pick out a few verses. So I'm in Numbers chapter 10, and it says in verse 13, So they moved out for the first time according to the commandment of the Lord through Moses. The standard of the camp of the sons of Judah according to their armies set out first with Nashon, the son of Abinadab, over its army. So there's the first group going forward. Verse 17, Then the tabernacle was taken down and the sons of Jerson, the sons of Merari, who were carrying the tabernacle, set out. Verse 21, Then the Kohathites sent out carrying the holy objects and the tabernacle was set up before their arrival. 25. Then the standard of the camp of the sons of Dan according to their armies which formed the rear guard for all the camps set out. So you get these various different tribes knowing their positions and it says the glory of God was over them. This cloud of glory. And now they're, they're in shape, they're in formation. They're, the different tribes knowing their responsibilities. They're beginning to take shape. That's what happens to a church. People get saved, added. Gradually, they begin to take shape. Gradually, names come out. This guy, he did that. If it wasn't for that guy, we wouldn't be here. If it hadn't been for those working yesterday, it wouldn't have happened. If guys had not come with wonderful scripture readings during our worship, you know, we'd just be a rabble. We're just sitting around here. But we begin to take shape. We begin to find gifts and callings and elders and people who take responsibility. Wow, looks like something's happening here. Looks like a people are forming. That's what's happening in this passage. And then it says in verse 28, this was the order of the march of the sons of Israel by their armies as they set out. Then Moses said to Hobab, the son of Roel, the Midianite, Moses' father-in-law, we are setting out to the place of which the Lord said, I'll give it to you. Come with us and we will do you good. For the Lord has promised good concerning Israel. So he said to them, I'll not come, but rather go to my own people. The Lord said, please don't leave us, inasmuch as you know where we should camp in the wilderness. You will be as eyes for us. So it will be, if you go with us, that whatever good the Lord does for us, we will do for you. Thus they set out from the mount of the Lord, three days' journey, with the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord journeying in front of them for the three days to seek out a resting place for them. So the cloud of the Lord was over them by day and they set out for the camp. And when it came about, the Ark set out that Moses said, Rise up, O Lord, let your enemies be scattered. Let those who hate you flee before you. And when it came to rest, he said, Return, O Lord, to the myriad thousands of Israel. Holy Spirit, we do invite you, please, now to come upon us. Come, Holy Spirit. Anoint our heads 
Anoint our ears to hear. Anoint our faces, may our eyelids feel your touch. And Lord, now instruct us. Instruct us. Take your word and make it relevant to us, we pray. We ask it, Father. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So this is a great chapter where these people are beginning to shape up and there comes this wonderful invitation. Come with us. We'll do you good. I want to issue that invitation to you this morning. Come with us. We will do you good. Sounds a bit outrageous. Sounds like about you're kind of self-important or something. But actually it's a word of absolute truth. Come with us. We will do you good. We're on a journey. We are a community. And we have an inheritance ahead of us. That's the feel of it. Alright, so let's look at this. And I think if I were asked by someone, because it's so relevant to us, as I said just now, it's in the Bible, it's a story that happened, but it's for our sake. And so we may well be saying to people, hey, come with us. Come along when we gather. Come and be with us. Come into our small groups. Come into our life together. And so we might invite many people. Come, join us. I'm inviting you this morning. Come, join us. If you're watching online, hey, come join us. Come with us. And I think if you ask that question, I'd have a few questions. If someone came to my door and said, hey, come with us, I think, who are you? I think that's my first question. Who are you? If, they, if Moses had been asked that, what would be his answer? Well, I think he'd say this. First of all, we're the children of Abraham. Well, who's Abraham? Well, Abraham is a guy whom God suddenly appeared to. The Bible teaches that the human race had turned away from God they're just dying, they don't understand what they're on the planet for, they're not in fellowship with God, they're ignorant, they're just worshipping idols, they're just crazy people, they don't know what they're doing. Suddenly, the God of glory appeared to our father Abraham. God starts his great program of redemption with one guy. And he makes him a promise. He says to him, count the stars if you can. How many stars can you see? Billions of them. So many will your children be. Wow. In other words, you are going to have influence right across the world. I'm making you a promise. I'm going to start a relationship with you through your seed, that is, through your offspring, through your family. All the families of the earth will be blessed. It's going to spin out from you. It starts in miniature. You look at the book of Genesis, it's like being in the Gospels. It's individual stories. Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, it's just focused on individuals. Then it opens out, opens out, opens out. God has a great program. It starts with individuals. We kind of feel ourselves. You see the story of Joseph's life and feel myself in that story. You find yourself in these Bible stories. And then you begin to see God opening up two million. On we go, on we go. Across the nations. So who are you? Well, we're, we're sons. God said, in your children, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So Moses comes on the scene. And Moses is a young prince. He's got everything he needs. He, they think he's the son of Pharaoh's daughter. Really, he's a Jewish guy. He's found his way into the palace. He was taken in as a baby. And they've raised him. They've made him into a young prince. And it says, by faith, he refused everything that Egypt offered. Riches, power, he's a prince. He can have anything he likes. He said, keep it. I've seen something better. I believe that I'm part of that people who are a blessing to the whole world. I believe I have a historic calling you can keep your palace, you can keep all your riches, you can keep everything that Egypt could offer, which was phenomenal. People still study Egyptology. 
It was incredible people, incredible. They built things, they had architectural breakthroughs, they had medicine breakthroughs. They're amazing. He said, stick it, I don't need any of it. I want to be part of the people of God. They've got the answer to world history. They're carrying world history. But they're a gang of slaves. They're not impressive. They're a gang of... Oh yeah, but God has given them a promise. Through them will come the Christ. Through them will come the one who's the answer to the world. I want to be numbered with them. I mean, he made an amazing decision. And he went with them. And so the story begins. Well, who are you? Well, we're, we're first of all, we're sons of Abraham, alright? We can say the same. The Bible says in the New Testament, we're children, we've got caught up in this through Christ. We'll come to that later, perhaps. But through Christ, who is the seed of Abraham, he's the promised one, it says in Galatians, and now we're in him. Now we are God's answer to world history. Actually, we really are. That's what the Bible says quite plainly. We are the answer to history. Then the second thing they could say is, well, who are you? Well, we are, we're sons of Abraham, we've got this call over us. The Almighty God has called us and told us what he's going to do. We're caught up with Almighty God. Breathtaking. We're not just churchgoers. We're called up to something phenomenal. Well, who else are you? Well, we used we're for, two, for 400 years we were slaves. Who are you? Well, we were slaves. And then God started moving again. God started a fresh work. And God said, I've had enough of all the sin in Egypt. And God brings plague after plague after plague because of the gross sin and the idolatry. And then God said to his people, look, I'm going to bring a final judgment. The firstborn, the firstborn of every family is going to die. But you, you put blood on your doorpost. Take a, take a lamb, has to be an unblemished lamb. Not any old rubbish you don't want, but a perfect lamb. You take a perfect lamb, spotless, unblemished, you kill it, you take its blood, you put it on the doorpost. And when I come through the nation and every home firstborn dies, your home will be safe. Because when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. That's who we are. We're people hiding under this blood of the lamb. This lamb makes us acceptable. It's not, it's not for us to open the door and think, Wow, that's it does much for me. I don't feel much when I look at the blood. God says it's not for you to look at. Put it outside, it's when I see it. I know the value of the blood of the Lamb. God only knows the value of Jesus and his blood. John the Baptist said, Look, the Lamb of God, who takes away the whole sin of the world, this perfect, spotless, innocent, holy one, hammered to a cross, blood everywhere. God says, when I see the blood, I'll pass over you. And they had, to, had the Passover every year. They, they ate the Passover. It was part of their lifestyle because they kept remembering that blood rescued us. That lamb rescued us. That lamb set us free. We didn't get judged. There was no death in our household because the lamb died in our place. You live because he died. Who are you? Well, we're people who have an amazing promise and we believe a lamb died in our place so that we, we, we go free because he died. And he said, it's finished. It's finished. I've taken the guilt. I've taken the shame. Run free. Go t comes back from resurrection. I love it. After the resurrection, he doesn't say, go tell those failures. He says, go tell my brothers. Go tell my brothers 
But those guys who ran away and said they didn't know you, yeah, my brothers. He took the guilt. He took the guilt. You're my brothers. But we're failures. No, no. You're my brothers. And so are we. Hallelujah. We're brought in. We're brought in through the blood of the Lamb. Who are you? Well, we're, we're rescued by shed blood. What else? Well, also, we, we were rescued from our enemies. Not only from God's judgment over sin, that's dealt with and finished, hallelujah, but also, hey, here comes, the, here comes Egypt's army. Here comes all our slave masters. Oh, wow. That's it then. I mean, we may be forgiven, but I can imagine them. They come up to the Red Sea, and they can't get any further, and here comes Egypt's army with chariots and horsemen and spears. They've got nothing, they're slaves. That's why we're finished then. No, no, no. The Red Sea opens. And they go down into it and out the other side. And the slave army, or at least the soldiers, say, we'll do that, we'll do that. And they go down and they're gone. Not one of them survived. As Moses sang in Exodus 15, they sank like lead. Not one slave owner made it through. Hey, beloved, sometimes Satan says to you, I've got you, I've got you. Say, hey, hey, not one slave owner got through. I'm free. Christians have been freed. They are not slaves of sin. See, some Christians say, oh, well, actually, I'm just a sinner. No, you're not. You're a holy one of God. The Bible calls you a saint. Saints are not just dead people who have gone to heaven. The Bible calls us holy ones, saints. Because we've been set free. That's what Jesus did. He not only forgave me, when we, were, when we baptized people, and I hear you baptize people in very cold water here, when you baptize, you really put them to death nearly. No, it says, it's like that old life has gone. All that slavery, all that muck, it's gone. And you're raised up to newness of life. We're not slaves anymore. You are not a slave of sin. That's what they said, who are we? We're not slaves. Uh, and then, and then they could say, you know, when you say, well, who are you, who are you? It sounds like a good history, yeah. Yeah, then he brought us. You see, he, Hollywood doesn't understand about the Exodus. They do, it's just freedom from slavery. They run for it, wherever you like. Go for it, run away, run away. No, no, it's not just freedom from slavery. It's come now. Come to Mount Sinai. Come and be my special treasure. I'm going to make a unique relationship with you. That's why I call it here, your treasured possession. You're going, to, you're going to have a unique relationship. You're going to be my people. God said to them, I don't know any of the other peoples yet. Only you. You're my special treasure. You're, it's like I'm betrothed to you. It's like out of Egypt I call my son, my son. And then he said, I want you to be betrothed. It's like you're your wife and son. These amazing relationships with God. He's my, he's my heavenly bridegroom. He's, he's my father. Christians can do that. He would come in worship. It's wonderful worship time this morning. We're saying, Father, I love you so much. You're my father. My father. I remember once one of my boys, when he was a little boy, he came to the room. He was a cute little kid. He came and sat on my lap, put his arms around my neck and said, Hello, darling dad. I, I often pray it. I often pray it. I say, darling dad. I use those words. When this, what a privilege in this fatherless society. This society that's crumbling apart. Where are the fathers? We've got a father. My father. Because I've got a father. He's my father. He brought me to himself. 
He's revealed himself to us. He comes and manifests his glory. Our mountain shakes with his presence. So I make covenant with you. You're my special, special people. Who are you? Well, we're all that. And Christians can own all of that. All of that is relevant to us. That's why it's written for our instruction. We understand that's who we are. These things are all true. Well, who are you? This is who we are. These wonderful things. But I'm a churchgoer. No, you're not a churchgoer. You've got all these wonderful, wonderful truths. That's who we are, beloved. And then secondly, where are you going? See, notice this, dear ones. It's not come to us, it's come with us. It's not come to our church, we're building a church down a cul-de-sac. No, come with us, we're a people on a journey. That is the church, that is the church. Jesus, when Jesus, when he left the disciples, now, go, <laughs> that's the word, go, not gather, go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Go, go. That's the, under, that's the DNA of the church, go. That's why you need to be on an apostolic foundation. Go. You go. We're on a journey. Come, come with us, we're on a journey. Why? Well, we're the answer to the world, to world history. Of course. Of course. I know dear, dear believers that are in the Middle East, they're, they're keeping their heads down because, wow, it's terribly dangerous. I know one of our guys, I heard his story recently, he's walking down the street. A guy I know, whose name I'm not going to say, in one of those closed countries in the Middle East, he's walking down the street and he said he walked and his, his sandal went on a stone and it shot up. And there's an imam coming the other way and it hits him in the face. And he goes, oh boy. He said, ah, I'm so sorry. And this imam says to him, no, that's okay, I've asked, I've asked God today, guide me today. He's asked his God, guide me today. Maybe, he said, maybe that was God. That's what the imam said to him. So my Christian brothers said, uh, what do you think maybe God is saying to you? So he said, I don't know, I've met you. And he said, and he said well actually, he said, uh, sir, he said, I, I felt God told me today uh, to, to just go and see what he had for me. He engages conversation. And he said to this guy, uh, would you like to read? He gave him a little gospel. To this imam, he thought, well, here we go. This is how he lives out there. So he got no idea. And then looked, looked at him and said, he said, I have friends. Would you come and meet with us a couple of days' time? He said, yes, of course. And he said, I went to the home. He said, I thought, oh boy, here we go. This is a trap. Are they going to snare me? What's this guy want? And he went to his home, the guy opened the door, and inside there's a whole circle of imams. Tell, come and tell us. Come and tell us. Hey, <laughs> what a privilege, eh? What a privilege. Beloved, we are a people on the move. Come with us. If you join this church, you'll find it's a church that's reaching out to Turkey, that's reaching out to other places, because, hey, we're on a move. We're part of a thing called New Frontiers that goes all over the world. Come with us. Where are you going? It would be my second question. Fair, isn't it? Who are you? Where are you going? Come with us. Where are you going? Well, it's interesting. You'll find in Exodus chapter 15 this magnificent worship song that Moses sang. When the Red Sea opened, they went through, it closed, swallowed up all their enemies, and these slaves are free. It says Moses started singing. Well, that's what worship's all about. We've been doing it here this morning. Just worship, just sing, because of what God's done. And he sang, and his song became prophetic. 
It's a bit like an interpretation of a tongue. It starts worshipping and it, it gets kind of content. Whoa, there's things here. There's an, there's an inspirational thing happening as we give our praise. And Moses did it. And, and he starts singing about the land we're going into, the mountain we're going to build with a city, and a temple. So let's look at those three things. Where are you going? Well, first of all, we're going into a land. Right, we're going into a land. Now, for these people, it was Canaan, which is a little strip of land at the end of the Mediterranean. But that's just the miniature, that's just the model. So God said to Abraham, all the families of the earth. So Israel just has to possess this little bit. It's just a little model. It's not like it's hugely important. It's just a little model. Because we're told in Romans 4, he's the heir of the world. <laughs> I mean, a little piece of land at the end of the Mediterranean I've been there, not very special. It's the world God's after. It's the world he's after. And so, it's just a miniature. And when they fail to enter, the, when they first get there, you know, they're having a time of unbelief, snaring, and they come to, they make this journey, this, this group of slaves, getting, becoming an army, and the first time they arrive at the land, God says, go on in. Send, they send some spies in to look. And they look around at 12 guys, 12 spies, and they come back and say, it looks pretty hard to get in there. The cities are built up to heaven. The giants, I mean, forget it, we can't possibly get in there. And God has said, go in there. And they said, we can't. And God's furious with them. And then God says this, as surely as I live, it's interesting, he doesn't say, as surely as I live, you will go in there. He says this, at that very moment, as surely as I live, all the earth will be filled with the glory of the Lord. Getting into the land is just a step towards the whole earth being filled. Canaan's not all that important. It's like that's just the next step. But that was their land. That was their land. Now, for us as a people, we, we get to follow. What is our land? See, God's got goals for us. And at the moment, it's Vancouver, British Columbia. Who knows what God will say to you? Who knows what God will do among you? It says at the church of Antioch, they, they're all running and they gathered. And the Lord said, separate with this one and that one. We're going to, the next jump, the next step. Because the church is on a move. So we're going to take the land. For me, we call it New Frontiers, what we've this part. I started with one church in the UK. Now there's 300 churches in the UK. The churches all over. Russia, African nations, Australia, Mexico. We just kept going, we kept going, we kept going. God just opened new doors, new doors, new doors. We can't keep up. You're part of that. You're on a journey to take land for Jesus. To take territory, to have impact, to raise up people. That's, the church is not just a cosy club, it's on, it's on a journey. Come with us, we're going somewhere. It's the biggest his thing happening in history today, actually. Actually, seriously. Presidents may come and go, the biggest thing happening in history today is the expansion of the church of the living God. When we, we were singing earlier in the meeting, about all those nations coming here. This, this wonderful Lord, this ancient of days, and this drum beat was going boom, boom, boom. And in my mind, I think, I can see Russians marching. I can see Africans marching. I can see Asians marching. All the nations are going to come to that. God's going to do it. He promised Abraham. He promised Abraham. 
He's got to do it. I love it when we sing songs like that. I think, Lord, you're doing it. And I just imagine, I can sort of see the Africans and I can see the Chinese, that massive church, millions in China. Millions in China. Not like the weak church in England, hardly anybody there. In China, millions of believers laying down their lives. Guys in Sudan dying for the cross. God's moving all over the world. We may be a bit confused over here. The biggest thing happening on planet Earth is the church of God. It's the only thing that will last. When God wraps up everything, the only thing left will be the church of God. It's the most important thing happening on the earth today. God's building his church. Where are we going? We're going into the land. All the earth will be filled. When Jesus died, he rose again from the dead. Psalm 2 is put in a resurrection context in the New Testament. You are my son. This is resurrection, right? Psalm 2. It's a resurrection psalm. Today I've begotten you. Ask me. I'll give you the nations. Jesus, the Father, asked says to the son, ask me, I'll give you the nations as your inheritance, the ends of the earth as your possession. You see in Acts 13, it's a resurrection psalm. You are my son. Today I brought you forth, firstborn from the dead. Ask me. Don't tell my brothers, my first brothers. I'll give you the nations. That's what's happening in the earth today. And when God's done it, and when everyone's come, the whole thing, he'll wrap the whole thing up and start again with this new people. Beloved, what a privilege. Would you like to be part of that? Would you like to be a local part of that? That's what's in the heart of these elders that I prayed with this week. We want to live for God. We're not just trying to build a church. We're on a journey. Come with us. Maybe you'd like to come with us. Be part of us. Be one of those guys or ladies that's helped this thing happen this morning. Because we're on a journey. We're on a journey. Come with us. We're going to the end. It says, when all the nations have reached, then the end will come. It's the end of the story. We can be part of that. Then the second thing he said, you said we're going to the land, we're going to a mountain. What mountain? Well, it's really about Jerusalem in the, this Old Testament story. Jerusalem is a, a city on a hill. And, and it's called Zion. It's given this kind of strange name, Zion. It's Jerusalem, which David's people captured, and this tribal people became a kingdom. They'd never been a kingdom before. David became king and established a throne, and a kingdom got established. And all this is pointing to what God's going to do with us. And he wants a people, a community. Zion. It's interesting, so many Psalms are full of Zion. Zion, the joy of the whole earth. Zion, where God's people are. See, Zion is a picture of the church of God, the people of God together like a city. We're meant to be dwelling together. It says about that early church, they were together. They, they met from house to house, they met at the temple. They were unrecognisable people. And as we grow here, we're becoming a recognisable people. Already we meet here, we've met over the weekend, we met last week, we'll meet from house to house. It's a people. God will raise up a people. And it's called Zion. And it's the city of God. It says Abraham was looking for a city. He went out, it was, when God called Abraham, he was a rich guy, and he lived in a rich city. He had, he had flocks, he had servants. This is a rich guy. 
And God said to him, I'll leave that and come on a journey with me. I, I, I said, I, I said to Sarah, <laughs> I've seen a city. I've seen a city. And so she said, well, I like this city. No, I've seen a city. Come on, we're going. Let's go. I guess Sarah said, okay. Okay. And then the first night, he's banging a tent up. You know, tent. And I said, she said, I thought you said we've seen a city. Well, my darling, we're living in this tent because I've seen a city. See, that's why we live in a tent. Because we've seen a city. Well, this tent doesn't look very impressive. No, but I've seen a city. That's why we turn up at meeting places and borrow things and hire things and it doesn't even belong to us and we have to get out. Hey, it's a tent. But we've seen a city. I've seen so many churches, beloved, that started in little tiny settings and now meeting in very big settings. They'd seen something. They'd seen something. You're led by visionary leaders. They've seen something. We're on a journey. We're on a journey. Well, so it's like a tent. I've seen a city. Amen? We've seen something. We're going for something. We're going to build a city. And in that city, we'll find the presence of God. All these Psalms, I've got time to quote them. Zion, the joy of the whole earth. And that is brought into the New Testament and it says, you have come to Zion. We are in, we're in this dwelling place, this community of friends and dear ones. And like, I've only been with you a few days, I feel so joined. It's amazing. I said, oh, I love these people. It's amazing, it's amazing things. Well, I don't hardly know you. No, no, no. You just feel, wow, we're brothers. It's a, it's a miracle community. You feel profoundly joined. It's amazing. It's a city of God. It's a city of God. God has a city. He's building a city. It's a city on a hill which ultimately cannot be his. That's what God's promised us. A city that cannot be his. He will have that. He will have that. He's going to have it spread all over the world. He will have such a city. In fact, it's interesting, somebody said this, the Bible is the tale of two cities. What do you mean? Well, if you look at Genesis and Revelation, you find in Genesis, Babylon, that great city. You find in Revelation, Babylon, that great city. Then you see this promise of Zion, the holy city. And in the, in the book of Revelation, it says, Babylon, that great city, is gone. In one hour, it's gone. And then it says, Zion comes down like a bride, coming down like a city, coming down. It's, these images keep changing. It's a city, it's a bride, it's a people, it's belonging to God. You're part of this phenomenal people, so loved. You know, he call you a bride because he loves us so much. But we're really a city, the holy city. Holy. So it's, that's what's out there in the world today. There's that city and that city. There's that great city, rich, powerful maybe. And there's the holy city. Millions in the valley of decision. Which city can I give you life to? Which city? They're building a community. Church is God's alternative society. It's out of step. The culture is messed up, getting more messed up day by day. God's building another culture. Not churchgoers, another culture. God's alternative society. 
who know how to raise family. Husbands know how to love their wives. Wives know how to honour their husbands. They know how to raise their children. It's another kind of life. It's not the confusion that's out there. I'm a boy or I'm a girl. I don't know what I am. Of course you don't know. You turn your back on God. But God's building a city that will last. He that builds his house on these words of mine will stand. God's doing that. We're part of that. This great city. And it says in Psalm 132, My feet are inside your gates, O Zion. Are your feet in yet? See, the elders sit at the gates. Do they know you? Have you said to the elders, Hey, count me in. Or do you just turn up? Or do you just listen in? The whole point is to have your feet inside the gates. My feet are in your gates. Count on me, I'm in. Count on me, I'm in. Let's build something for the glory of God. And the last thing Moses says about this place in his great song, is he's going to land, we're going to Zion, and we're going to build a temple. We're going to build a temple. What's that about? It's about the presence of God. Jacob says, is this not the house of God? Is this not the gateway to heaven? That's the church. If you were joining in this morning, singing these great songs, led by those full of the Spirit and focused, wow, I felt it. I thought, wow, this is a gateway to heaven. I'm in the house of God. I'm not in a cinema. No, I'm in the house of God. We were up, in a, up on the hillside during the week with the elders. We were in the house of God. God came down on us. God came down on us. I've been in so many different places. It's the house of God. You just feel yourself in God's presence, the dwelling place of God in the Spirit. That's the church. Ephesians chapter 2. Right, just one, one, I must rush on. One more question. What happens to that? I mean, someone said to me, come with us. Who are you? Where are you going? What happens to those who join you? That would be my next question. Wouldn't it be yours? Come with us. Hmm, Who are you? Where are you going? What happens if I come? Well, here we find, it says this, whatever the Lord does for us, we'll do for you. You'll be part of this blessed community. You'll be in. You'll be part of. In the early church, 3,000 people were, doesn't say saved actually, it says 3,000 were added. They were added, they're in. They're in, they're in the community. 3,000 were added. Because God's building something. Stones built in. You'll be part of the blessing that we enjoy. It's not, you can attach yourself at the end of the line. There's room at the back. No, no, it's come into the circle. Come into the circle. And even more, he says, look, you know where we should camp. Did you notice the conversation? He says, look, please come with us, because he's a bit reluctant. No, I don't think I will. No, please come with us. He says, you know where we should camp. Now, that doesn't mean he takes over from the cloud. The cloud is leading them. God's in charge. But he says, when we stop, you know this territory. You can know where we camp. Then he says this very New Testament phrase, you can be eyes for us. That's wonderful. You don't come in just to sit at the back. You come in to be eyes for us. You come in to make your gift count. See, that is the church. The church is a temple, but it's also a body. And we, all the members, my body, 
is, you know, my feet don't show much at the moment, but without them, I wouldn't be standing here. And there's behind the scenes workers, there's upfront workers, it's a body. And you can become part of it. You can find your part. And then in the New Testament it says this, the church has eyes and ears and feet and hands, all interdependent, all needing one another, all serving one another. And that's, it's got a very New Testament ring, hasn't it? You can be eyes for us. Wonderful. I know, I know, I know guys who've got saved out of the world and suddenly, well, this guy's got a prophetic gift. You know, last week he was a sinner, now he's a prophet. Doesn't almost happen that quick, but you know. You find people have got gifts. You've got gifts. We, we were something else at one point. When I was a new Christian, I was a horrible drunk most Saturday nights and in church on Sundays. My language was disgusting. My habits were revolting. And in his mercy, God snatched me out and said, get into my church. I'll give you something to do. What a mercy, eh? What a mercy. God, just come on, be honest for us. Come play your part. Will you do it? Will you come and join us? Why don't you, before you leave this place this morning, have a word with one of the elders. Hey, look, I want in. Where's the nearest house group to me? I want in. How can I serve? It was spoken of in the meeting. Maybe you could help with. It's great working with guys, learning how PA works, working with children, people out there looking after our children at the moment. Come be our part of us. Come play your part. That's what it's all about. And then maybe last question. Why are you so confident? I mean, it's cheeky, isn't it? Come with us, we'll do you good. Who do you think you are? <laughs> Why are you so confident? And Moses says this, The Lord has promised, I will give it to you. The Lord has promised us an inheritance. He's promised us an inheritance. He's promised us that we will even step from this world into the next world. With total certainty. With total certainty. I heard a few weeks ago, look like my days were a bit numbered. Hey, total certainty. I love the way Paul, in Timothy, he says, I've run the race, I fought the fight, henceforth. What do you mean henceforth? He just said you finished. <laughs> Funny that his next word. I've run the race, I fought the fight, well, goodbye, that was my bit. No, henceforth has laid up for me a crown of glory. Wow. You come to the end and you're still looking forward. Only Christians can do that. Only Christians can do that. Henceforth there is laid up for me. Wow. What a way to run the race. What a way to think, hey, I've finished, but I'm only just about to start. Why are you so confident? Well, the Lord's promised. He that began a work in you will bring it to completion. The best days are ahead. The best days are ahead. We were just slaves. We didn't bring anything to the table. God's made us a breathtaking invitation. So it's been fun being with you. It's great looking at Moses. Let me encourage you. Get the book. It's a fun book. It's outside. But more than that, why don't you come with us? If you're a casual visitor, why don't you find out about the life of the church? If you're not on any of the teams, why don't you think, I want to get on the team? If you're watching online, that's, that'll do, but it's not 
This is it. Come be in it. Come be part of us. Part of the church of the living God. Find your place. Maybe you're a prophet. Maybe you're a worship singer. Maybe you're... Come and discover who you can be. You don't just tuck in the back. You come and find who you are in the body of Christ. Will you do it? Will you join? Will you come with us? We're on a journey. We're on a journey. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for your wonderful gospel, the good news you bring us. We're so thrilled that you ever enlisted us, invited us. We knew we got nothing to bring you, Lord. We thank you, even the man dying on the cross, wasted his life, dying guilty, just turning and suddenly seeing you, you're the king. You're the king. You're going to come in a kingdom. Lord, you suddenly open that guy's eyes. Suddenly, when it's all over, I'm finished. I've wasted my life. Jesus, thank you, said, today you'll be with me in paradise. Father, I pray for any here, or any who are listening, who feel, I've just wasted my life. Thank you, Lord, that you can enlist us you can call us in. We can become part of your great program. Please, Lord, let your word bear fruit in our lives. Let your spirit do its work in our hearts. We ask it, Father, in the name of Jesus. Amen.